Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. evolution and it is such a treat to be here today oh my god i have one of my dearest brothers here with me live on an episode miroslav petrovic miroslav how are you Man, just being around you is fucking awesome i'm great (laughs) (laughs) even if it is virtual bro it is such a treat to have you here look for those tuning into miroslav for the first time there is no bio that can do this man justice it is just like a depth of presence when you're in his field he's been inspiring me for a long time so it's really an honor to have you here today but i will do the honors and for those tuning in for the first time this is a little bit about how it goes. So he believes in the connection, being in connection with our own personal presence to be one of the most important dynamic relationships we have in life, right? That connection to yourself. This is at its core, what he calls the power of presence, right? He's inspired by embodied speaking, embodied being a really key word there, embodied speaking, teaching, and training to face the fears that most often hold us back from our greatest lives. He teaches us that when we conquer the fear and limiting beliefs that hold us back, we can use them as tools to reach our fullest potential. We're going to go so deep on this today. I cannot wait. And uh, so basically, he's a pioneer, a thought leader. Uh, Best way to sort of understand what's going on here, he's often described as a cross between Eckhart Tolle and Tony Robbins, right? He's presented across Australia, appeared across mainstream media, worked with over 5,000 people, supporting them to embrace their fears, live a life in alignment with their deepest desires. And uh, he delivers trainings on workplace culture and emotional intelligence, companies like Lululemon and the such. So man, like, you know, I could do this all day, but it's just such a treat to have you. (laughs) So I really want to go, you know, we could, we could scratch the surface and do the dilly dallying that, you know, is always available to us at the beginning of a conversation, or I could do the very, uh, very Miroslav thing and go from zero to deep in a matter of like, like two seconds. So let's, let's, let's riff with that, man. So what is meta fear? Hit me with it. Meta fear. Um, the simplest way to describe it is when we 
when we relate to fear, I find there's two predominant ways people go about it. Mm-hmm. One of them is, uh, well, we run from it. And by running, I mean, we typically make excuses like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's not time. I'm not ready yet. From the universe fear. has to be fine. Yeah. Like we build comfortable stories to avoid feeling it. Or there's more of like whether, you know, like a personal training kind of attitude. Like, you know, you just got to smash it and you got to walk through bit bricks and keep smashing your fears. Um, and metafear is essentially looking at fear as a gift that can transform who we are. Mm. And when we approach fear from this perspective, it stops being something we have to conquer or fight or or win over, but it becomes an inspiration and a life source itself. And the only thing that's really changing in one aspect is the way we're relating to and approaching it. Wow. Tell me more about this. <laughs> that sounds so deep. So let's, let's give us a little bit of context to this then. How did this unfold into your life? You know, so obviously yeah. for most people that are tuning in, I think we can relate to, you know, like the number one fear being like, okay, cool. That feels like fear and let's not go there, you know, and um, I can definitely identify times in my past, those that have been tuning into the Inspired Evolution, you know, they know my story a little bit. Um, but then courage has been such a big key even for me just stepping out into the inspired evolution. And then that kind of flipped into what you have identified as the second space, which is kind of like, oh, like, you know, this is like if I just take on courage, I can just smash through some fears and really get to some places, you know, um, and it's a real blessing. But you're highlighting that, you know, fear is actually a gift. Um, yeah, and it like is, is like pointing towards your inspirations, which really resonates for me, by the way. Um, but yeah, tell us more about how this like has precipitated into your life. How did you come across this? That's a really good question, man. A, a lot of that, a lot of that story, as much of that story as I could give away within the context of telling the stories in the, mm-hmm. in the Ted talk, um, yep. that just came out. So I'm being mindful to not repeat myself cause it's so accessible. But if I was to take it into a chunk, I grew up being super, super, super socially introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, like my English teacher in year 12 didn't even know what my voice sounded like until he did the oral. And then he asked, um, he asked around, he's like, is that his real voice? Or is he putting it on? Um, didn't speak. People wouldn't even ask me, uh, does Marissa, do you talk? They would ask like my friend standing next to me, does he ever speak? Wow. Really? No, wait, 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 wait. But you're a speaker, dude. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> really? Yeah, I was really, really fucking close, man. So, like, you know, for me watching this TED Talk, it was a sense of I've come a really long way. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that is inspirational in and of itself. But, yes, please, I've, I've gone on a tangent as I normally do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all right. Um, you know, I came to Australia as, like, a refugee of four years old or so, so I'm sure there was some trauma there to do with wartime and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, stutter a lot, which is actually what kept me from speaking. Mm. And... When I speak in my mother tongue in Serbian, um, I still stutter quite often. So it's interesting. Like whatever's sorting itself out for me is, is still happening. And coming from that place, my first break of actually feeling somewhat normal mm. um, came from meditation. <laughs> and I fell in love with it. I took to meditation like, you know, this is my natural state. I just want to be here. And, you know, my parents were like, Miroslav, don't, don't go to India and live in an ashram. You know, this reason... <laughs> <laughs> that about me those tuning in this now makes sense why we're so tight <laughs> but yes we have the same kind of crazy <laughs> that's it man um and i guess i got to a certain point as well where i was like this is amazing mm. but how can i live this experience and be connected to people at the same time yeah 
And that's when these opportunities started coming up to, to speak what was really authentic to me, like things that I would never usually say. Mm. And I found as I began speaking from this space, like firstly, there was a lot of fear and I had to learn to just, uh, I would say to contain the fear in my body, but I would also flip that over and say it was about letting the fear run through me and just softening into it. Mm. And when I started speaking from this place, my mind went so are we like to swear on this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Be yourself, brother. It went so fucking sharp. And I just had this realization. I was like, I spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes, hours trying to cultivate this state in meditation. Mm. Like after you get over the initial joys and highs, you know, and you get into normal life, sometimes meditation is a thing you have to do and you think you're reaching a state. And I found when I connect to, to metaphia, my mind would go sharp and I'd be completely present to what's happening in my body and, and the relationships around me. Right. And I kept, I kept doing this cause it was quite intoxicating. And sooner or later people started coming up to me and they were like, Marissa, have, have you noticed what happens when you speak? And I was like, what? They're like, you can hear a pin drop in the room, man. Mm. And it started opening me up. I'm like, when any one of us is willing to be real and authentic or embrace our metaphor, embrace our courage. It's like it stops the mind in a tracks. It's inspiring not just for us as individuals, but everyone. And this is that power of embodied presence that you're talking about. Mm. Hey, like I know that, you know, your story is in the TED Talk, but I think just for those that are listening, you know, we're talking about fear and communication and how those two come together. Um, I think, can we share the story um, where that sort of dropped in for the first time in terms of, you know, I know you and your mother were, you know, in a really good relationship, but at the same time, like communication was a bit of a, a thing where there was this fear and, you know, brings a bit of context in terms of speaking what is not spoken and like really embodying that fear in that moment. Yeah, of course. So I will context. It wasn't the first, but it was one of the, one of the biggest experiences. Definitely. Mm. It was a cultivation of, so when I say I was introverted, like, you know, I remember a day when looking at people in the eyes and smiling was a practice of embracing my fear. Um, so by the time I got to this stage, about six years ago, um, my mother was, was diagnosed with cancer and she was going through that journey. Um, and I was quite often uh, driving her to the hospital and back. And on this one particular visit, we were, we were driving and we started arguing and, you know, my mother was quite earthly and I was quite spiritual and our arguments were often, she was like, Miroslav, your problem is that you just don't care enough. And you know, I, I was massively spiritually bypassing at the time as well. And I was like, mom, your problem is that you care too much. <laughs> and this, you know, back and forth in the car and she kind of got upset and she folded her arms and you know, she slashed to the other side of the car. And inside I was like, a part of me still wanted to keep arguing. Mm. And I was also like, I don't know how much time I've got with her. And I think we don't really know how much time we have with, with anyone when I honestly say that. But in, in, in this instance, I took a breath and I just asked myself the question, um, what is it that I'm not expressing? Like what really wants to be expressed that we're running away from with these stories that we're carrying in on? And these words came up and my whole body kind of shriveled in. And I was like, no, nah, not going to say that. <laughs> Give me something else. I, I can't go there. And those words were just, it's like I heard them from so deep inside myself. I was like, this has to get honored. 
and we drove into silence. Like fear that like it has that visceral physical, like it, it like, gra- like, like you said, shrivels. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Sorry. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. yeah, it's tangible. And as we drove on, like my hands were tight around the steering wheel, man. It was like, it was like I, I was, you know, it was like under attack from, from myself that this wasn't an acceptable way to express myself. Mm. Um, this thing that wanted to be expressed and we kept driving and it was dead silent. And as we pulled up, I was like, well, fuck Maris live. It's now or never. These words may never be as alive in you as they are now. And you don't want to be putting this shit on. And I looked at her and I was kind of trembling at this point. And I said, mom, I want to say something to you. And we got out of the car and I walked around and I held her hands and I looked into her eyes and my heart fucking pounding at this stage. And I was like, I want to tell you that I love you and thank you so much for giving birth to me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And the moment I said, it's like the emotion just flooded through my whole system. And it wasn't overly acknowledged in that moment. I sat down in the car, like overwhelmed with the amount of sensation flowing through me, just knowing it's the right thing to do, but also like mildly having this vulnerability hangover. Mm-hmm. Um, you and your connection to communication all wrapped into this moment, yeah. Mm. And that, that really changed the way we related. And one of the most touching things was, man, before she passed, she actually told me how, how deeply that touched her and how I, I recognized only, you know, maybe six months ago, actually after I, I did the TED talk or just before on my way to the TED talk, I had this moment of shit. I didn't know the depth of my own words when I said them to, to my mother. And I started crying as this realization came to me. I was like, mm. that was maybe, maybe the first and only time, at least for me as a child, she felt the depth of appreciation I had for her. She'd always been the loving mother and I'd always been the child. And that moment was like, bang. (sighs) Yeah. Incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that, man. And again, you know, sorry for your loss. And yeah, it's such a, such a deep, deep potent space from which you share that story. And I think it really highlights the, um, yeah, just that you know, there are so many spaces inside that, you know, we don't, we're afraid to like connect to and exactly how you said, what is not being said in that moment? You know, what is it that is the first thing that I'm running from, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's my fear, you know? And then just like, okay, 
like, yeah, vulnerability. And can I just hold a little bit of space for this to like just tap into it and just say, you know, and for some people it may not be like speaking. It may be something else, you know, maybe like, oh, you know, I'm afraid to take action in this space. Or, you know, for me in my past, it was, um, I was, I was like, my biggest fear was what happens if the consistent paycheck isn't coming in, (laughs) you know, it was like legitimately what happens then, you know, like I just fall off the edge of the earth legitimately is what I thought, you know, um, and hence the inspired evolution. But yeah, it's, I I totally resonate with what you're saying and the depths of your story, like, yeah, that's, you know, on a whole nother level, but, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing, brother. You, you touched on, um, you touched on basically the third way of being, which is, you know, dancing with your fear then um, is probably one way of describing it. And maybe I'm leaning into knowing a little bit about your story and how much embodiment work you've done just to like embody and then bring embodiment into meditation. Um, how does, how does that work into, you know, um, guiding people through their processes, like any advice for people that want to move towards a relationship with fear the way you described Mm, yeah, I'm going to context what you said just before as well. I feel it's really important. It's not about what it looks like. It's about what it feels like. Mm. Um, some people get this idea that facing fears looks like jumping out of airplanes. <laughs> well, that's a fear, but it's like how, how relevant is that to the rest of your life, you know? Mm. Um, for me, small things, it's like, you know, it's like when you, when you go for a dance and you can feel sometimes your body's rigid and you're dancing just to be like someone else. Mm. And it's like how does my body want to express itself? And then you feel that sense of, oh, that, that's, that's a bit vulnerable. For me, vulnerability is a sign that we're, we're embracing metaphor. And when I say vulnerability, it's like some of these words get taken as It's not about breaking down. It's not about telling people the inside workings of your life. It's just about embracing the habitual patterns we have and then finding, finding a way through them. It's funny, I usually explain this to my body. It's like, you know, we <laughs> it's like okay well what happens is you just bring a little bit of movement somewhere where there is none mm. and that for me functions on all parts of our identity mm. it's like if you consider yourself not being a singer begin to play with that mm. if you don't express yourself from a deeper place begin to play with that if you're always serious and you're always expressing yourself from a deep place try being silly and jovial it's like <laughs> <laughs> next podcast Amrit is going to be so serious <laughs> 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 I like how you're laughing because it's like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> oh, I'm the picture. I'm like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna surprise you. <laughs> I look forward to. It. I look forward to how your guest is gonna respond to it as well. What got into you, man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you know that you, you said a few key words. Um, it's really about noticing the resistance and then learning how to soften into it. And for me, meditation is one of the best tools here. And when I say meditation, people are like sitting there on a cushion and whatever. I'm like, for me, meditation is not that thing that you do with your eyes closed. That's what it looks like from the outside. From the inside, it teaches you how to cultivate stillness. So things can move through you, creativity, expression, mm-hmm. power, influence. It takes, you learn, you learn how to take a back seat. So then you can, you know, I'm, for those of you that can't see my fist is hitting my hands <laughs> to, to really be powerful in the world. And that for me is embodied presence. When, when we can let our mind and our emotions become still, we can use and move them through the body. Um, I've lost my train of thought. 
Yeah, well, you know, let me pick something up, which is basically, you know, there's this conversation to be had, though, because there is the fact that, you know, fear is biological, right? So there is a certain element of fear that definitely serves us because it's like it puts us in that fight or flight state. Now, there's a whole nother rabbit hole to go on in terms of like, yeah, we caffeinate ourselves and we're like jacking up our hormones and going like, yeah, and putting juice in your like fight, fight and flight states, you know, um, but that's like a whole nother rabbit hole. But there's one thing that, you know, like I've been looking more and more, you know, the people that, you know, uh, just doing the work that I've been doing, there's so many limiting beliefs and those are you, as you have identified, you know, like centered around fear, um, and just getting more and more curious about it. We're actually like, as a, like, as our ancestors were, they were, they, they profited, not profited, but like genetically were preferred. How do I, how do I term that? But I think everyone's getting that. Like in terms of like our, our forefathers were encouraged to be fearful because the ones that were more fearful, not like, okay, let's just look at it this way. There's a lion there, right? If I'm the optimist, I'm like, kitty, 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 <laughs> you know, as opposed to like, if I'm the guy that's like, whoa, 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 that cat's pretty big. <laughs> it's a bit too big, you know? So that caution and that, sense of like discernment and that little bit of fear right is actually like survival of the fittest right so that's come that's come pre-programmed in right um and that that to me is a different distinction that's like super super important that yes we do have a biological fear response and that serves a purpose if someone's running after you run like Mm. you're not going to sit there and breathe and notice what's going on it's like forget about it man that's a whole different relationship to Mm -hmm. fear for me metafear is perhaps more articulately refined as when it begins to poke holes in our identity, mm-hmm. like the fear, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like whatever you want to call it, your intuition, your inner wisdom, your guidance, your unconscious mind. It's kind of like, and even the feeling like when your heart starts pounding, it's like there's something pounding inside of you that wants to come out mm-hmm. and you can run from that. But sooner or later, you're going to realize your life is fucking amazing when you begin letting it out. Mm-hmm. And in ways that you can't even understand. There's a great line in one of the yoga texts that goes, to the unenlightened, God himself appears as fear. <laughs> when I heard this, this I was like... There's pin drops when you're talking. <laughs> 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 and that, I only came across this line like within the last six months or so. Yeah. Um, in preparing for a meditation retreat, and I was like, "Fuck this line!" I'm like, "I've come to discover this in my own experience." When I embrace my fear, it's like I go into, you know, sometimes there's a lot of concepts around this. But you could call it the divine realm. You could call it God. Essentially, to me, the experience, like when you step into fear, and let's say you're meeting God, well, like what the fuck does yeah. that mean? It means you're full. You, in my experience, it means you're meeting the full potential of what you're capable of. And you don't even know what that is. You only have the habitual references you've been living in. When you step into that realm, it's like you are so, so completely open to inspiration. You yourself don't know what's coming next, which is like, it's like inspiration overload. And in, this is like where wisdom teachings has become fascinating to me. In Hebrew, there's two words for fear, which I go into in the TED talk as well. One of them is pahad, which is generally how we speak about fear. The other one is yura. And yura is a word that is more closely translated to awe. Um, Rabbi Alan Liu, I believe it is. Um, he explains it as your body being filled with far more energy or sensation than you're accustomed to. 
So when that flood of energy, flood of fire, whatever comes streaming through people, they panic. They don't know what to do with it. And that's where having that backbone of meditation, it's like, it's the master key. I can let this move through me and I can keep moving and acting and inspiring people while I'm still alive. Wow. I love that. The awe, <laughs> like learning to capacitate the awe because there is mm, yeah. like genuine awe. Like when you've got that genuine awe, it's just like, there is that element of fear to it. Right. Wow. There's a word for that. Was that the hard or was that, can you? Ira is the, is Ira. Ira. and I say awe, like, you know, it's bigger than all. Wow. And Pahad is like general fear when you like. Pahad is more like, you know, our imagined fear of something um, unfortunate happening in the future. Mm. So this, this is actually really, really um, a great little segue because for, uh, for a while now, I've been holding the phrase, which has really been helping me with fear, that, you know, we suffer more in our imagination than in reality. You know, and this is, an, this is a stoic quote from Seneca, right? We suffer more in our imagination. Um, than in, than in reality. And the more I repeat this mantra, I'm like, okay, everything is like, you know, I'm, I'm contextually living everything out in my head. And in reality, it's very unlikely that, you know, uh, this is possible. And this has shown up recently in my life in terms of asking for people for help. You know, it's like, I have this fear that people are going to judge me as being like, oh, he needs help. He's not a man, you know? And it's like, actually, we're in a tribe and a community. We actually need each other to ask for help. But I think like that is in, I can see the juxtaposition in what you shared before in terms of, yeah, like fear is the invitation for where you meet God. I'm paraphrasing what you said. But nice, man. I love such a different, that is such a different perspective. It's like, hey, this is like where, where the light, you know, where you meet the light. Mm. Yeah, and I, I do want to give a disclaimer of this. Like, I tell people this. I'm like, this is spirituality and steroids. This is personal transformation and steroids, whatever you want to call it. So be careful how you use it and use it sparingly or use it to, to, to the full availability you can. But it's like when you start expressing yourself, your relationships will change and they can change really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of like be centered within what you're doing. It's easy to delude ourselves and it's easy to say I'm doing X, Y, Z, but, you know, it might not be um completely matched mm. and i think uh, go on mm, just give me a moment <laughs> yeah the best uh, the best way i can describe it is it's like everything we're saying without the meditation is is almost not it we need to have the capacity to separate ourselves from those imagined fears and mm-hmm. from the things we're imagining might happen and how people might think of us to actually lean back into the body and go, okay, is this metaphor? Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Boom. Mm. Go on. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, I was just going to endorse what you were saying because I know that you've been on this path and on this journey for such a long time. You know, like I know you've been working through just you know like your edges um as you've highlighted you know like you've had your your speech stuff but then also like you know just seeing your journey like through through embodiment through meditation through holding conscious circles through holding like events for people to come together and like explore like consciousness and spirituality amongst themselves and i think those tuning into you for the first time might be like okay wow like fear but i just really like in this moment the gravity of just how much work you've put into coming 
to this point and really sharing this, I just want to take a moment to really acknowledge the depth of what's being talked about here and just the work you've really done on yourself and, and with your community and with us <laughs> to really be able to share this. And yeah, I'm just really honored that you're here. Um, I want to lean into that a little bit more if I may. Um, you touched on the word spiritual bypassing before, and this is something that, you know, is, um, is something that I'm really conscious of. Um, just in my own space, like uh, if I can give it a little bit of context and I'll just, you know, I consistently sit with this in that with the Inspired Evolution, you'll find a Facebook page um, which is, you know, just flooded with positivity, you know, um, just consistently flooded with positivity. So something positive happens in the world and it's like, bang, you know, the Inspired Evolution will be there to share it, you know, I'm absolutely thrilled by that. And um, obviously the tribe that it can get, like that connects with that, you know, there's so many people loving and just talking to each other in around these positive changes. I just feel honored to be like part of like that space, to be honest. And it's just a blessing. And at times I've sort of, you know, gotten like many messages going, Hey, like, you know, what about this that's happening? That's, you know, that's challenging. And I've had to had some really deep looks inside and go, Hey, like, you know, it's not that I'm discounting that this is happening with the best of my ability. I'm just trying to bring balance to the media that there is in the world. You know, there's a lot of fear mongering in the media and I just know that there are positive things happening in this, like where your attention goes, energy flows. Um, but even in that, you know, like where attention goes, energy flows, it's like, there is like the, the slight nuance that maybe you prefer to be positive, you know, and just like, Hey, Hey, Hey. But then in that there's a rub because Hey, like maybe there is some sort of shadow work. Maybe there is some sort of work that, you know, you're not looking to look at, not looking to reveal that requires, you know, your attention. Can you tell us a little bit more? Like that's like, in my opinion, what I understand to be like spiritual bypassing. Um, but to the best of my ability, I try to acknowledge what's going on, but at the same time, put the best foot forward as well. So, you know, in that sort of dance between the two, can you tell us more about your journey in spiritual bypassing? Beautiful, beautiful hearing as well. Um, I guess how we all go through this in our own way, and especially, you know, what you're sharing here, um, your own journey with it. Uh, for me, like if I was to articulate it in simple terms, I would say it would be the disconnection of what we think be- between what is. And what I mean by that is like for me at one point in my life, I was very into like Advaita Vedanta teachings. You're not the body, you're not the mind, you're nothing, um, which is fantastic. And I pretended to be nothing because that's what, what, the, what the tradition kind of, that's what I got from the tradition. And I got to say, man, if I'm, if I'm being um, cutthroat, it's not just me. I see it with a lot of people um, that walk the walk, but it's like, it's like a disconnect between th- this is what I think about myself in the world and the lived experience. And the lived experience, like, it's not, commu- it's not congruent. It's not communicating the same information for me. Now, maybe the teachers that are, are offering this, it's congruent in their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the people that preach it, it's like, you know, I, I, I can't buy that philosophy. And I spent a lot of my younger years, because I was so disconnected socially and from the world, I spent a lot of my younger years diving into spirituality because it gave me freedom. And like I said before, I got to this certain point where it's like, I've got to bring this shit back down. Mm. Like I got through my body and into the world because otherwise it's useless. Yeah. And for me personally, it got to a point where if I stayed in my spirituality, it wasn't actually doing the work. Like doing the work was showing up to people and telling them I loved them and how I appreciated them. Doing the work was teaching and speaking and turning myself inside out. Um, you know, doing the work was like, feeling an impulse that I had to go spend a night in the forest by myself and just lay down on the path. 
it's like this stuff isn't isn't logical um and you know (laughs) i'm going to share a little story i had an experience the other day this is going away from spiritual bypassing but it's kind of interesting (laughs) yeah like you take me back 10 years ago like living in an ashram or a cave was a serious contemplation for me i was like i'm down for this shit spirituality Woo, you know it's and I was, I went to Chadston, which is a, a popular big, they call it the fashion capital, which gives you an idea. I ran in the last half an hour just to get something running out. Um, there, there's a pizza place that I like. And as I was walking past, it, I was like, I'm going to grow a pizza. And it's a last minute rush. You know, everyone's buying stuff. So I got there like this queue of people formed behind me. And while I'm waiting for, for the, the clerk to kind of give me the pizza, I noticed the other woman that's work, working there. Mm. And man, she had the most beautiful arm. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I noticed myself thinking that and I'm like that's a really strange thought maybe she works out <laughs> um, and then I noticed this sense inside me I was like I'm really attracted to her mm. and it was a funny thing because she, she wasn't like the most stunning woman at Chadston the Chadston's like a catwalk people get dressed up so they can walk through Chadston in their newest fashion and as, as the woman that was serving me was giving me, and you know, inside I'm like, what's going on? It's like my heart, my heart starts pounding. I'm like, I have to express this to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm also like, I'm at Chadston. I came here to buy a top. I do not want to be going through some personal transformation and, and you know, metaphor experience. And I was also like, and no one's going to know if I do this or not at the end of the day. It's like, it's an experience of my inner self. But I was like, I'll know. I'll know if I didn't do it. And I leaned into it and I was like, okay, this is going to be weird, but let's go with it. And I'm like, this older woman standing beside us, there's a bunch of people standing around us and this other girl standing on the other side of the counter. And I I was like, you know, thank you. And and by the way, you're really, really beautiful. And when I said it, it was like a wave of silence just went through the space. She was really touched and she was like, oh, thank you so much and and whatever. Um, It felt like, the mind, the mind energy or the mind chatter just disappeared in the room like that. And that for me is, is the power of metaphor. And I stepped away from that. My whole body just flooded with bliss. Now you could call that fear. You could call it bliss. You can call it whatever you want, but it was like, it was like an enlightening experience. <laughs> mm. And I'm there standing in chats that I took like, I don't know, 20, 30 steps. I just stood by the escalator eating my pizza in absolute bliss and reflecting on if you told me 10 years ago, this is what my spiritual journey would look like. <laughs> if this is what it looked like to put on the spiritual rubber gloves. <laughs> By the way, this story comes with a disclaimer. If you're married, <laughs> careful. <laughs> this is not a prescription. <laughs> this is a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think um, I, I, I deeply resonate with what you're saying as well, because yeah, at a certain point it's, yeah, you know, even, you know, this is like, I thought, <laughs> uh, just to realize that I thought I was going to interview 100, 200 people such as yourself and take away the best of like, you know, what you guys had done in terms of living life on your own terms and realize that there was a blueprint to living the life of a creative or an entrepreneur, like an actual, blue- this is how an engineer thinks, right? And it's like, I'm going to see how everybody built their thing and then deconstruct that and then try and reconstitute that and then put all the right pieces in the place and go forward into that. <laughs> yeah. And that was what I, that was legitimately like how I thought, okay, maybe the inspired evolution will look like this. And then I got 10 episodes in and I was like, 
oh wow (laughs) (laughs) there's no formula for creativity there's no formula for being an entrepreneur it's literally your own creative expression and you know creativity being that you know fundamental force that you know brings real like creation we call it creation right and just stepping into that and going right okay uh this means i've just got to leave what is not serving me and step into the unknown and that resistance and that fear. And like I said, my fear was the white picket fence and, you know, the, the consistent paycheck that that was leading me to. And um, yeah, it it's really deep. And I think you touched on something that is really profound, but really subtle in that story, um, which was, you know, you didn't have to take action in that moment. You really didn't, you know, like I didn't have to leave my, my corporate gig. You didn't have to reach out to this person and say what was so like, yeah, you can feel it. It's, it's palpable. Like you've been swearing a bit. It's fucking palpable, (laughs) you know, and it's, you can actually feel that. It's like, Oh, you know, it's like the thing that has just got the most resistance around and then moving into that. But having the space to do that for yourself. Like, I think there's a really deep point that you touched on is that self accountability. Mm. Yeah. It's like, you know, that, that age old story with Michelangelo when he was painting the Sistine Chapel and um, he was taking like, he was painting and he was taking this immaculate care in the corners. And one of the, one of the caretakers came by and they were like, you know, why, why are you doing that? No one's going to see that anyway. And he looked at him and he said, God will see. And again, people can take that religiously. I take that. I'm like that greater part of me, the full potential of who I am knows that I didn't do a proper fucking job. Mm. Yeah. I'm really inspired by that. That means so much to me at the moment. It's really resonating really deeply. There's, um, I've been researching a lot of people, as you know, like, you know, just interviewing entrepreneurs pretty much every week, basically. (laughs) Um, And some of the people, some of the conversations I've had have been like, you know, there's been opportunities for people to basically, you know, their business was basically flailing. They could have, you know, sold off their partner through their shares, you know, like they could have basically their their business got to a point where it was like, okay, you know, the business is not like doing too well. I can claim bankruptcy and sort of take my money and then start again with the money that I get, you know, and go in in a funky direction, let's say. But they generally end up like doing the right thing and the question being like, there was such an opportunity for you to make a windfall, right? But you chose not to do that. Explain why. It goes because at the end of it, that's not the person that I am that I show up to be, you know? Um, yes, I'll make a windfall, but at the same time, it's like, that's not how I do business. And I think this will ties in with, you know, what you're saying in terms of like really integrating, you know, your spirituality into here and now is like how you're showing up is how you show up for one thing is how you show up for everything. Right. And yeah. And like, you know, you were probably one of the first people that highlighted this point for me that, you know, spirituality and business are not like, they're not, they're not too like mutually exclusive circles, <laughs> you know? And I think that was probably one of the first things that I remember, like when I, when I first met you, I was like, um, I want to know more about you. <laughs> I think you remember, I was like, I want to know more about you. I want to spend more time with you. I want to understand what's going on here because legitimately like you had created your life around what mattered to you spiritually. And it was like, Oh wow. You're like actually in business doing what you love and showing up and that is you could see that like you were holding your edges and you were doing your business spiritually it was i'm still you know in awe of that moment i can feel the energy i can go straight back there if i have to yeah 
I remember it as well. It's like I'm getting <laughs> And you know, and I want to reflect back, and you are fucking doing it, which is powerful. That's the me <laughs> when when we stoke other people's fire comes alight, and you know that's a, that's what inspiration is in a sense. And I, I feel you're touching on something really interesting here, and I want to highlight um, when we operate from this place of pure presence, of of metaphor, of following our inspiration. Uh, sometimes inspiration people can take it literally, like you know, I'm inspired to get a Ferrari, so. Like, <laughs> that's, Obviously, it's not what we're talking about here. Um, it's more a lure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, we can have ideas of what it's going to look like. Mm. So that story with me and that girl or with me and my mom, or I've got another good one I might share later. But I could have had this idea of, well, firstly, I've got a partner. I wasn't looking for another one, so I didn't want anything further. But there was my mind going, what does this mean? What if I get rejected? What if she laughs at me? Um, Blah, 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 blah. What do I really want? You know, where's this coming from? And I was like, all of this is stories that my mind knows. Mm. And the tip in kind of dealing with it, it's like meditation helps us separate from that. It's like that our mind is just habitual patterns that already live in the nervous system. Mm. And if I can separate that, that's just the first step. If I can separate from that, I can allow myself to cultivate the feeling and then come from the feeling, which is so transcendental in a sense. But I feel in in embracing it, it's like there's a beautiful line in the Bhagavad Gita and it's, it's a few lines I'm just going to bring together. For those of you that haven't read the Bhagavad Gita, like this, this was one of my first bliss experiences. I was working as a graphic designer in front of a computer um, in, in a very, very boring office job. And I started listening to the Bhagavad Gita because my meditation teacher said, I might like it. And I was sitting there with my headphones in listening to it and um the story goes that it's based in a civil war and Krishna, who's a prince, is about to ride into, into a civil war against, um, against the foes. And his charioteer here in this story is the embodiment of God. Uh, take that to mean what you want, but let's say the all-encompassing wisdom that's available to us and power and everything else. So the other guy asked for Krishna's army. Um, Arjuna, the, sorry, yeah, Arjuna, the prince, asked for Krishna's wisdom. And he, he asks he asks Krishna, before we go into battle, can you ride through no man's land so I can have a look at my enemies? Mm. And as they go to ride, um, Arjuna says to him, stop, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. Those are my cousins. That's my archery teacher with absolute acclaim. You know, in old Indian culture, a teacher was one of the, the highest things you have. He's like, I, I can't fight these um, Yeah, and he dropped down onto his knees and he just began to weep. And Krishna turned back to him and said, get up. You have to. This is your duty. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing like 16 chapters. Here. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing a great job, by the way. I know the story well. <laughs> <laughs> and like the, the rest of the 16 chapters go into why, but the basic essence of it is you, you are, you're born a warrior and it's your duty to fight. And realize that if you're fighting from this place, it's very different than if you're fighting from a range of other different places. Mm. And I mean, this is an extreme example. Like when it comes to something like that, for me, like that was the embodiment of metaphor. It's like, wow, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to speak this. And Krishna goes on to say, act for action's sake and be unattached to the fruits of your actions. Mm. In plain English, it's your duty to fucking act, man. What happens after that is not in your control. 
You don't even own the properties. People might love you. They might hate you, but you just have to fucking take the action. I think what you've touched on there is really profound as well, because those I'm just wanting to have this conversation with you now. We happen to be recording it. But from what I have learned about this story, um, all these characters, they embody a certain set of values and a certain set of characteristic traits, right? Um, one of my favorite uh, dissertations on the Bhagavad Gita and the Mahabharata talks about, it's actually titled The Difficulty of Being Good. If you want to read it, it's an amazing dissertation. Um, I'm clicking for you right now. <laughs> because basically what's happening is you've got all these characters on both sides of the wall, right? And one is greed, and one is kindness, one is compassion, one is unity, right? And you can see that these are their values. If you start looking at that, obviously they have got characters and they're married to each other and some are married to three other people. And when you start looking at it, it's like, oh, compassion is married to kindness and gratitude. Mm. You know, it's like, it's really interesting to see how that is mapped out in like personified. Yeah, it's fascinating, right? And then watching like, and I, and I, and you know, and you touched on it then, it's like just act for action's sake because again, it's like, you know, going back into that, you know, more spiritual, more theoretical, more philosophical space, but, you know, we are the universe looking in on ourselves, and it is just an energy that's present. You know, you may be the energy of, you know, gratitude and you may be interfacing with something that is, you know, at edges with you, or it may be that gratitude and compassion coexist for the most part, but they still have challenges. In some moments, it is easy to be grateful, but difficult to be compassionate, you know, and they have a rub against each other, you know, and that story is so deep and so profound how they... It's like, it's happening inside our own worlds as well. Like that war is really fucking inside me and fucking inside you. (laughs) At all times. And it is so profound is so poetic that these energies just exist you know and it's like what do we honor and how do they do or like you said just cultivate that space of meditation and know that you know this is like an epic saga like it's a story 16 chapters and like you know written so long ago just discussing in this discourse of like these energies that are present and how we show up for them you know is yeah you know and i love again just you know that that space that, you know, what you've held for metaphor, you know, just highlighting that, you know, these things may feel uncomfortable, but kind of what you're, what you're alluring to here is just in my humble opinion, and I might be wrong, call me out is just have that presence, you know, just have that presence to like what needs to process process and just be who you are meant to be, you know, and maybe where you're resisting and where that fear is, is where you're actually meant to lean into to be that, that greatest version of yourself. Yeah, fucking up. And, you know, presence is power, man. Like, it really is. Free to be presence is how powerful we are in any given situation. Um, uh, it's like I could take this conversation with you in so many ways, but I think sometimes people, and I did too, we take meditation. <laughs> 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 I'm watching Amrits just dancing all over the place. <laughs> we take meditation to be a fucking passive thing. And sure, we can live our lives having meditation be a passive thing. But for me, meditation is there to fucking bring through the fire. It's like, and, and to go to the depths of stillness and discover that, you know, I can be nothing. I can be in the void and all of this can still exist around me. But if I'm going to be embodied, it's like, how can I be embodied to the depths of my cells? So, you know, when this fucking comes through, it's like, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I love that. In this moment, I'm just so in awe of the fact that we've got two meditation teachers here, both swearing their way through a conversation, and there's none of it. Closing down your eyes on your binaural beats and just getting yourself into a relaxed posture. <laughs>
That's it. Like, <laughs> back there, but for me, like, you know, we need the fucking range. Yeah. <laughs> and so for those that like really, you know, but, you know, tuning into, you know, now Marislav totally standing in, you know, what it means to be, you know, like embracing your fear and what metaphor is and you're coining terms and terminology and owning this space right now and sharing so much like around the world, you know, you're delivering Ted talks on this, on this kind of stuff. Um, the pre-sequel to a lot of this was, you know, if you had questions around authenticity, you would come to speak to Miroslav. You know, that was kind of the conversation point. It was like authenticity. Mm, that's a great question. You know, like when you get meditative, yeah, you can just observe. So who am I showing up as? Why am I showing up as that? Ooh, 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 all these amazing questions. Um, people would consistently channel people to Miroslav for the authenticity kind of question. Is it safe to say that, that on that journey of authenticity, perhaps fear finding your most authentic self is leaning into the fear is that easy is that okay to sort of jump to that conclusion just by watching your journey from the outside in or have i jumped overstepped no i think i think you're on the mark and you know i've done a lot of a lot of different work like Mm -hmm. on myself i mean whatever a lot of work means you know you can spend 50 years in therapy you can go to the amazon you can meditate in an ashram i haven't spent 50 years in therapy, um, but I have he done, has done snippets of all the above, though. <laughs> and some of them more intensely than others. And people often ask me, "What's the most powerful thing you've done?" It's like, you know, how can I be more like you? Not that, not in that sense. Like, you know, how, how do I cultivate this in myself? And I always say, for me, the most powerful thing ever has been public speaking. Mm. Um, and to get to the stage where I can step on a stage and just speak and have the experience of watching myself speak. So I don't rehearse and memorize and prepare in that way. I do get insights where the conversation is going to go. Um, I give myself over to that moment. And when you have living people with you that want, that are open to seeing you, that is the most transformational thing you can experience, especially if you step into a space of metaphor and you're exposing a part of yourself that's never been seen. That's instantly transformational. And in a sense, you begin to integrate the experience because you're being seen. You're not doing this stuff in front of a mirror. Mm. Um, what I love to do often when I have the opportunity when I'm speaking is get other people on stage. It's like have an experience of this. What's in your heart now that's, that's never been expressed? And you see people like, you know, with first you see them kind of getting choked up because it's a bit like if, if you thought every human had an, an X amount of presence or like, you know, it's like a battery charge. When you put a hundred of them in a room, man, that's a lot of stimulus. That's a lot of presence hitting one person. And it's, it's like surfing. You either learn to soften into that and to feel the ocean underneath you, or you just buckle or you memorize things and disconnect and numb yourself from the experience and just deliver boring presentations, which saddens me is a lot of the way public speaking (laughs) and and teaching is taught, which is what the shift I really want to make, like bringing it into an embodied presence where just being there will inspire each other. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) And, but yeah, I I see people get up and it's like, you know, they, they come up stiff and, it's like, okay, just let yourself be seen. Let people see you and you notice the energy in the room and the connection begins to flow. And it's like, okay, so what, what's really in your heart? What wants to be expressed? And when fucking people speak from that space, man, it's like the whole room just tingles up. And it's like bonds and connections, they're made like instantly just because people are willing to be so raw and vulnerable and authentic. Mm. And, and sometimes people like, how, how do you go about doing this? I'm like, it's with all the small moments. 
It's doing it with your friends, with family, with, you know, the clerk that's giving you ice cream or pizza or whatever. Mm. The lady whose arm you see that's serving you pizza. (laughs) 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 Oh, brother. Absolutely. Oh, man, I love you more. (laughs) (laughs) So, look. The thing that is resonating super, super deeply for me is I've got this quote written on my mirror and it's something I just really feel like I really want to just, I actually, you know, in this conversation, I just want to dedicate this to you because it means so much to me. I've had it written on my mirror for three years now and it basically goes that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Mm. Our fear is that we are powerful beyond measure, brother. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. You're playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in all of us. And as we let our own lights shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I just want to take a moment, brother, because... Many years ago, I remember being in your presence and there's this quote that, you know, when you are a flame, you know, just continue to shine because there is, no, there is no stealing from the flame. There is just sharing the light, you know, and you've been such an integral person that's shared so much light into my life that I really just want to take a moment to honour and acknowledge just how much that means to me and how much you embody that and how much you've you know, contributed to my life and yeah, just honoring you for who you are, brother. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. That's so beautiful. So for those tuning in to the podcast that want to tune into Miroslav, just before we start bursting into tears here, uh, <laughs> what is the best way to get in touch with you, brother? Uh, through my website. So it's miroslavp.com, M-I-R-O-S-L-A-V-P.com. Awesome. And there is a TED Talk on YouTube as well. Check it out. It's basically called Metafear. Um, that's what I, uh, I searched to, to find it. Um, yeah, great talk. Really, really powerful. And we touched on bits and pieces of it here, but um, it'll definitely be, we'll hyperlink it into the show notes for those that want to tune in. Um, really profound place to, to sort of tune in and have a bit more of a conversation just listening into what Metafear is about. And brother, just before we tune out, um, obviously I have to do my gratitude pieces at the very end, but I just want to ask you one last question. Um, I, want to, I want to put something into it as well, but you go first. Sure. Um, my final question and by no means my least question, um, you know, beyond the work that you do, um, you know, beyond all the edges, beyond the name, beyond the skin suit, um, beyond the incredible fashion sense, <laughs> <laughs> who is Miroslav? Oh, God. Love. Hmm. Maybe a little bit of joy. <laughs> Definitely more joy when I'm around you. That's such good. get along really well. <laughs> such a treat. Tell me you were going to say something. You went deep just like that. <laughs> That's your fault. That's your fault. I'm taking no responsibility for that. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll take another step into the depth. This whole time we've been, most of the time we've been talking, there's been a sensation in my heart and it feels, 
it was like a dagger or, or something is just dumb, mm. just sitting in there. I'm like, and I want to presence this. Maybe because I love you so much. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure what the words is, but I'm like, I just need to, to take a breath into this while we're together in this moment. So that's all right. Mm. I'm so fucking inspired by what you're doing and the edges you're pushing and probably the hearts and the minds you're setting a light, which you don't even know what's happening. It's like, you're just fucking throwing these embers out there and they're catching light. And the way you're touching the world is deep, man. And the way you share yourself from your heart, how much joy you bring into any space is so fucking beautiful. And you know, I really, really, really love you. I'm re- I feel like we haven't spent that much time together in person, but yeah, I see you and I'm like, this guy's fucking awesome. Keep, keep doing what, what you're doing. Touch wood, brother. Oh, oh, oh man. Hmm. And you know, one day, I hope I can cultivate the level of joy and expression that you so naturally Hey, yo, shush, you're already doing, you inspire me. What are you talking about? <laughs> Miroslav being a cheeky monkey on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother, thank you. Thank you so much. That means so much, truly, truly does. I, um, yeah, I've obviously got to, on that thank you, I've got to thank you for being here today. Thank you so much, sharing your energy, your wisdom. I know, um, you know, <laughs> you do a lot of work, not just, you know, on yourself but for others as well. You're flying out tomorrow and yet you're carving out time to, you know, engage and be present and show up and, and share something that is so potent and so important to be shared. So thank you for carving the time mm-hmm. out for us all here today, being present. Thank you for having me, bro. And uh, just in that, you know, thank you for all the work you've done on yourself. You know, like I know, I personally know your story. Um, I know your brother really well as well. And, you know, just like the, the journey, you know, that you guys have been on and, and you've been on, you know, like there's a lot of depth in that story um, and you show up so graceful in and around that. And it's such a blessing. And I just want to honor all the work you've done on yourself. Um, and as always, <laughs> wishing you all the best for the future. <laughs> and whatever's not there, let's wrangle some more in. <laughs> I'm like, I want to work with you in some way. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to come together, but we'd have so much fucking room. Fucking so much like, we're going to make something up and down the track. Let's build a temple first. <laughs> Let's create a container. <laughs> oh, brother. Thank you so much for those tuning in. MiroslavP.com. Check out the TED Talk. Such a treat to have you here. Love you. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. Much, much love. Mm -hmm. Love you, bro. Hey, Tribe. Thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health, and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. 
You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect. So I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandhu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amret-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.